Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Welcome. Hello. hello. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. How are you? Well, it's April and you know what happens in April. <laughs> Taxes. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Dun. oh my. The dreaded T word. Oh my gosh, that T word. It's like worse than any swear word. Yes, that's where I'm in right now. <laughs> oh, tell me what's going on. Oh, I just went on a tax bender. So I spent out all night uh, with the same ferocity that I might have been out in the clubs when I was younger. And I was going over the numbers. So it's Mm. tax time. Yeah. So anybody who's there in tax time, I'm feeling you. It's late nights. (laughs) That's where we're at. Yeah. Um, But that's okay. It's only like one month of the year. And then we forget about our uh, money issue. We forget that money exists um, a little bit. And then, well, (laughs) (laughs) okay, maybe not. Yeah. What about every month when you get your credit card bill? Oh, that true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so remember about money then. Oh, Gosh. yeah, that bill. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so true. Oh, yeah, I forgot that about that one. on my credit card. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I hear you totally. I totally what do you mean you want to take five million pounds from my bank? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You're not allowed to do that. I thought that was free stuff I was getting on my credit card. Yeah, I thought oh. that card was free. It's just the rest of them that cost money. Exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. So you free, oh. you're free. You're feeling me. You're feeling me. You know oh, what yes. the, the, the pain is like. I don't envy you. I don't envy you. Yeah. I hope yeah. you have a better night's sleep this evening. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Yeah. But I mean, the good thing is I really did, you know, do a lot of hard working. You know, I think they say something like, like to get efficient, you know how like things like email and now in this case, mm. taxes can take so many hours of our time unnecessarily. Yes. And I heard this one thing is like, check your email every day, like your house is on fire, like give yourself 30 minutes every day Mm. only, and just check hundreds of emails. And I shouldn't say don't do your taxes with so much like hurried (laughs) pace, but kind of don't get into the weeds, like, yeah, do your best, and then move on. Like, don't spend weeks on it. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for not getting caught up and going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, no rabbit mm-hmm. holes. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I'm yeah. going to go. That's how I'm going to pass through April is avoiding the rabbit holes and, and trying to... Uh, the Spring is kicking off here in New York City in a huge way. So all the flowers are up and yeah. the trees are starting to bloom and some really good stuff is going on in the park, which is great. It's lover's Beautiful. weather. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So how's it going over there? How is springtime developing? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, still, the weather's still quite changeable. Um, <laughs> so we're not quite where I would like it to be, but yeah. that's okay. We'll yeah. let nature catch up yep, to my yep. expectations. <laughs> to your expectations, which are? Uh, oh, just a lovely balmy summer. That's what I'm yeah. after. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, everything feels yeah. so much better when the sun's shining. You can feel the heat on Ooh. your skin. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gracious. Yes. And yeah. the beach. Yeah. Can't wait to get to the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that any of us have beach bodies, let's be really clear on that. No, no, (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) I'd say warm weather with our Spanx on. How's that? Yeah, yeah, and a bit of fake tan. (laughs) And a fake tan, there you go, absolutely. All right, so what's kicking off at the Relationship Correspondence Desk? Well, 
nice of you to ask, Anna. Ah. <laughs> it's funny how we so, go here every day. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've got a lovely little article here about your cuddling style and what it says about your relationship. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know why I've never thought about our cuddling style. Okay. Me tell neither. me. I know, right? Okay, tell me more. This is a new thing for all of us. Yeah. So it talks about body language and how that can tell us quite a lot, but apparently this still is a thing when we're sleeping. Oh, cuddling when asleep. Yeah, so this is your oh, cuddling sleeping style. Oh, okay. So your cuddling style while you're sleeping apparently says a lot about your relationship. Oh. And this is according to relationship expert Jane Greer. So what we have here is a list of some styles of types of cuddling positions at night and what it might say about your relationship. Ah. Would you like to know more? Yes, I would. Mm. <laughs> right answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first one is spooning. So a spooning where you back into each other, nice kind of teddy bear oh, style. Yeah, 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 I hear you. <laughs> so according <laughs> to the specialist, this sleep position says that you as a couple see eye to eye oh so it says when our bodies merge together as one you may see them dressing alike or enjoying the same things and there's certain similarities oh i see okay, okay. got it number two is head on chest oh so this is a protective sleeping arrangement Mm -hmm. and um, can speak to one person feeling very safe and secure in their partner's arms. Mm. They feel their partner can help support them both physically and emotionally. Mm. Okay. Back to back. Oh. This position is reflective of a mutual respect for each other. Each of mm. you are comfortable, apart and aware of each other's space, but you're still there for one another and want to touch, but not at the point where you feel that it's too much. Okay. Leg entwined. Ah, yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Though you and your partner have your own space, you crave a connection. Mm, okay, okay. Face-to-face mm -hmm. -face embrace. I already feel a little bit suffocated by that. <laughs> <laughs> so whilst in this position, you might, might be reserved for the honeymoon stage. Mm. It says that hugging while you're asleep means that you're really into each other and that doesn't necessarily fade away. Couples who do this don't want to miss anything. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, bless those who can do it, but I just feel mm. a lot of like body parts falling asleep <laughs> very yeah. quickly. Yeah. It's too much. There's not enough oxygen there for you all to breathe at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> Especially if you, if you have like two cats in our bed as well. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's <laughs> wanting to get in the mix. Yeah. Throw a couple of kids in there in the middle. You've got no chance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally. Right. A kid with a nightmare. Yeah. Mommy. <laughs> yeah. Arms draped across the other's back. This position suggests oh. I've got your back. The person who's doing the cradling is communicating and understanding that their partner might feel neglected or needs support. Mm. Then we've got opposite sides. If you realise your partner has suddenly taken to the other side of the bed and that might mean that they are much less comfortable with physical affection and touching mm. at that moment and could signal a problem. Mm. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Holding hands. Sleeping this way says you and your partner want to stay connected. Mm. 
It's all about feeling secure that you're holding on to one another. And then last but not least, different distances from the headboard. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm struggling not to be amused by that. <laughs> Do you sleep with your head near the headboard while your partner sleeps curled up halfway down the bed? <laughs> this is a reflection of their individual preferences and the fact that these preferences aren't aligned should not necessarily communicate to your partner that they don't want to be close. However, if you are feeling like you and your partner are in different places, this might be a clue. Okay. That's a really funny one. Okay. I'm a bit skeptical about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I can say is that like in the course of a single relationship, there's different sleeping styles depending on whether you're mad at each other or not. So I'll definitely say that like our sleeping styles definitely change. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That I can see that whole kind of distance thing. And yeah. actually, if you're not in a good place, then you're certainly not going to be cuddled up cozy right. and lovely in bed. Right. The rest of it, though, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering, like, if there's somebody who's curled up halfway down the bed, I'd be like, what is your problem? <laughs> this is, I don't know, like, that's like sociopathic tendencies. What is going on? <laughs> I would like to know about a relationship that exists on a long term if there's two people who sleep one halfway down the bed and the other one wedged into the headboard. <laughs> <laughs> so if that is you, please just let us know. Do you think yeah. you're a sociopath or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Ask, let us know. Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. <laughs> oh, man. That's really mm. cute. It's a cute list. I Yeah, it I, I think it's some of it is a bit of a stretch. Because what I would yeah. say is like, back to back, I'm like, meh. That position yeah. has come up when we've been mad at each other. So yeah. I don't know if it's a whole like yeah. giving each other space thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm yeah. With you. Fun reading it though, anyway. It is fun. <laughs> and if you're somebody like me, like I would like to sustain a nice, lovely, cuddly position, but really limbs fall asleep very quickly. And so it's something I can't sustain. But sometimes like a little like hand on the other person somewhere in their vicinity can be a nice way of keeping your circulation going, but yet also um, letting them know that you're thinking about them when you're sleeping. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Or if you're anything like me, you might have about five different positions in the space of five minutes. Oh, just can't get well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and let's not forget those people who find that it's a relationship booster to sometimes not sleep together, to be yes. in another room. Very there are healthy. Lots of people that, mm. yeah, there are lots of people that don't sleep in the same bed. Yeah. It's a regular pattern. Yeah. 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 There you go. In fact, we've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Especially if mm. there's night owls and early birds and snorers yep. and tossers. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Insomniacs. <laughs> oh, tosser. <laughs> I suppose that does <laughs> that suppose that does have a different connotation over the pond. <laughs> uh, is that not a thing than your side of the world? No, <laughs> no. Really? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, <right>, okay. <laughs> ah, just stumbled into that one. <laughs> okay. Well I'm I'm giggling for the Europeans. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Wonderful. <laughs> inside joke <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. all right do you want to um do you want a hot topic yeah let's go for it yeah okay let's do that then this week's hot topic is connecting with your partner during times of crisis mm. Mm. i feel like it's a bit too soon but i think we're about spring is 
coming. And I think, I think we're able to start to talk about what we've been through because it's been a pretty big crisis this yeah. last 14 months. It has. Yeah. It has. Oof. Yeah. So, yeah, going through crisis, like those are the things we don't consider when we're starting a relationship or even going mm. to the aisle. We don't go to the aisle and say, oh, you know, I'm really going to, you know, here's how I'm going to support you in terms of crisis. We, <laughs> we don't pack for the stormy days, basically. No, it's not in the vows, is it? Not in the vows. Like it's, it just gets a very passing mention. <laughs> yeah. 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 But crisis really is the spice of life. That is what life is together. It's what our lives are. And that's what we encounter as we're in a partnership. Yeah. We certainly can't go through life without having any crises. I think mm-hmm. that would be hard to believe that Yeah, there's not going to be some things that come up for you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So what would you say to people then? How would you say they can connect and really support that partner during a crisis mm. yeah it's really hard the mm. first thing that comes up you know it sounds really bizarre but to number one recognize that you're in a crisis this seems really mm. strange because sometimes it can be quite obvious whether it's yeah. a death in the family or a huge financial crisis but it can also be something that comes on really slowly and you're not entirely sure what's going mm. on which could be something like depression yeah. Or honestly, COVID, where a bunch of us were saying, oh, no, we're fine. We're fine. We're doing yeah. okay. We're rocking this whole, you know, stay-at-home lockdown order thing. And then the winter comes, November comes, and everyone's like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> we're in crisis. We didn't realize mm. this. And then I think the second thing is um, we tend to find our own island when we're in crisis. We tend to blame other people and be short-tempered. And, and really, it's us versus them in our own relationship when we're going through crisis. So that's like the hardest part, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's that um, withdrawal piece, isn't it? So mm. um, it might not always come with blame or accusation, but it can come with, you can get that total withdrawal, total shutdown. I don't want to yeah. talk to anybody. I can't, yeah. I don't want anybody to help. I don't, mm. I don't want anybody to be part of this. I can barely deal with it myself. I just need to yeah. head down, try and either bury my head or try and focus on a solution Mm. so you can see a lot of disconnect I think when you've got a time of crisis yeah oh my gosh yeah I think that Mm. depends too on what kind of person you are I think if you're more of an independent person who's been Mm -hmm. used to you know and I think that's kind of like me and Sarah a bit independent yeah (laughs) not sure what you're talking about (laughs) oh she definitely oh she knows what I'm talking about (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. And that can be the hard thing, right? If you're an independent person and now you're in relationship and you're used to dealing with crisis by yourself, Mm. you can often kick that partner out of your bed in the figurative sense because sometimes you just feel like they're dead weight. You don't know Mm. how to move through crisis together and you don't know how to pool their skills and you can sometimes only see somebody as an annoyance or a barrier. Yeah in that situation and that can be relationship destroying yeah I think it's hard for the other person though as well so I mean we've talked about kind of how you feel when you're going through crisis but being able to connect with your partner who's going through that crisis when you're faced with that so yeah um you know that is one extreme around total shutdown or withdrawal or um disconnection for the relationship not wanting to face up to things, not wanting to discuss mm. things. Mm-hmm. All of that then leaves the partner on a limb going, I don't know what to do. Yeah. 
And often as people, we want to fix things. Mm. People often talk Mm -hmm. about the tendency within males. Males are fixers. Mm. They want to kind of Mm. create a better world. They want to kind of make things better for their partners, their children, Mm. you know, they're there. Um, But uh, you get it as well with females. I don't think it's just Mm. around, you know, the male gender. I think as human beings, we want the world to be a happy place. We want to fix things we want to make things better for everybody and we don't like to see other human beings going through discomfort and we don't want to feel discomfort yeah we don't we want to move through the feelings and get to the action because we're just we do not like sitting in in uncomfortable feelings yeah yeah because we've attributed sadness and grief and discomfort we've put bad labels on those where really Mm. there is no bad emotion there is no bad time or no bad uh, circumstance. These are all things that are just happening and they're lessons and opportunities. But we do like to rush through the things that our society has labeled bad and get mm. to what our society has labeled as good. Yeah. yeah. So we don't sit with emotion. We don't sit in support. We're just like, okay, let's get this over as fast as possible. Yeah. Just race to the happy land. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Show me the rainbow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But then that can be totally dismissing our partner, um, especially Mm. if our partner is rightfully wanting to take space and, and, you know, emotionally process things. Yeah. For both parties involved, this is a difficult situation. It's a Mm. difficult time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's tricky to navigate because you've got um, heightened emotions. You've got heightened awareness, um, heightened feelings that are going on. We're at a, a heightened emotional state, all, all told, mm-hmm. when there is a crisis going on. We're kind of on hyper alert for for something else that's going to come and mm-hmm. uh, rock the boat, you know, contribute to the storm. Mm-hmm. And then with that, we've got different dynamics that come out. So when we're under pressure or under mm-hmm. in a time of crisis or we're under stress mm-hmm. we revert to some of our natural tendencies mm. some of the darker sides of our personality come out as oh, yeah. potential derailers of a situation yeah. and they cause us to act and behave in a way that we wouldn't ordinarily mm. and you've mm-hmm. got two people doing that in yeah. this dynamic yeah both trying to navigate the situation often yeah. separately without communication Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because there's fear of upsetting the other person or there's a I just can't deal with the other person Mm -hmm. so it is this perfect storm that Mm -hmm. we're in oh yeah very much so Mm -hmm. oh my gosh and I'm like oh my gosh I've felt that I know that feeling yeah (laughs) everyone take to their trenches yeah Yeah. and you're sort of firing and then you and then you pick your your partner off in friendly fire because you're just firing off at everything and everybody and then you're taking down your main ally if I might bring war terminology into this but it really does feel like you're at war and you forget who's on your side and you really do forget that your partner is on your side Mm. yeah so what might be useful tips in terms of reminding yourself and each other that you're on the same side you're you're fighting for the same thing whether that's the circumstances of the crisis or you're fighting to keep your relationship strong through the crisis Mm. I think there's some acknowledgement that needs to happen in this situation Mm. so we've said first of all it's just being aware that you're in a crisis which I Mm. think is excellent because Mm -hmm. as you say often we don't we don't actually acknowledge we're not aware we kind of go through life 
we're taught to push on with things, aren't we? Just push yeah. through, crack on, everything's going to be great. Just yeah. keep moving forward. Right. Um, but stopping and pausing and, and recognizing that you are in a time of crisis mm-hmm. is step one. Step two is then acknowledging what does this mean? So what does it mean for me as an individual? What does it mean for my partner? What does it mean for us in our relationship? Mm-hmm. The third thing then I would say is looking at some of the patterns. So mm-hmm. in the past, how have you faced this? Mm-hmm. What are some of the repeated cycles that come up? And how do you avoid going into some of those? Mm-hmm. So it might be that that comes in the form of having a small but frequent conversations Mm. because and the reason that I say small and frequent is because when you're in a time of crisis everything feels overwhelmed you know Mm. just Uh said before about you're in this heightened state Uh this kind of hyper alert Mm -hmm. um position and having kind of deep in-depth conversations might not work at that time Mm -hmm. so it's smaller frequent check-ins it is those conversations like Mm. look we're on the same team how do we Mm -hmm. how can we get through it it's reminding each other that you're there for each other mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. acknowledging that what is happening is tough. So mm. if it's one person that's in a crisis and the other person's the support act, it's, mm. you know, having that conversation. Look, the, the one that's in the support act has got will have more available emotional energy to deal mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. So it's using that and taking up some of the slack yeah. to be able to say it's looking at ways you can maybe practically help if you can't. If there is this mm. separation or this disconnection mm-hmm. where one party just kind of says, oh, look, I just need the time. I need to get on with it. I need to um, deal with w- what's coming up. Mm. And the other party then often feels helpless in that situation. Yeah. What yeah. are some of the more kind of practical elements that you can do that help to take some of the mundane transactional things out of the way, mm-hmm. potentially? So look, I know that you're under pressure. I'll drive you to work and pick you up. I'll yeah. um I'll do yeah. the shopping. I'll I'll go and visit Aunt Mildred to take the strain from you so you can focus on what you need to do. Yeah. There's lots yeah. of ways that we can support on a practical level. Mm-hmm. On an emotional level, I think it's around being um emotionally available whenever mm-hmm. you're called upon. Mm-hmm. And again, that might be kind of small and often it might be a big, massive meltdown that happens, mm. but it's being emotionally available for that person. Right, right. We react. Everyone reacts to other people. So we're forming these little mini reactions all the time. Mm. So we mm-hmm. see it, um, you know, one person comes in and starts blaming you for something. You're instantly going to react with a, right. well, no, it wasn't me. What are you <laughs> about? I never touched it. Yeah. And you, you get into this little kind of mini spat. Mm-hmm. We do this as well where we take umbrage or we feel hurt by mm-hmm. something, wounded by something that somebody said to us mm-hmm. or something they've done. And then we then withdraw. Mm-hmm. So it's being mm-hmm. strong enough to recognize that what's going on isn't personal. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. The other person probably doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's just they're having a reaction to the crisis that they're in. So it's mm-hmm. recognizing that that what is going on isn't normal, isn't a normal state of play for this relationship. So I recognize yeah. that and I'm going to make some allowances for it. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. And that takes being the bigger person. Yes. Oh, that very takes big. a lot. It takes a lot of putting your ego aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hard one. Which is really difficult to do. Yeah. But if we can master that and realize it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It really does strengthen the relationship when you come out the other side of the crisis. Yeah. 
And it's funny, the thing that coming up and presuming that you do come out the other side, because, you know, sometimes there's certain relationships or certain people who um, it always feels like it's crisis mode. Mm. There's, you know, and I think it's important to sort of see through the very challenging times and then allow there to be levity when things do ease up. And maybe mm. that other, maybe the partner might remind the person, you know what, I think that the crisis is passing. And because yes. it's often you're in fight or flight mode still, you're still mm. in like, uh, you know, catabolic stress hormone, hypervigilance, waiting for the other shoe to drop, catastrophizing, yeah. um, pessimism, seeing the glass half empty. Mm. And so sometimes the partner who is the support actor can help to remind you, like, I think that the threat has passed now. Yeah. And I think it's time to now start, you know, opening up the drawbridge again, mm. letting yeah. in peace, letting in vulnerability and letting in love. Yeah. There's something else that's coming up for me is around allowing your partner the space to deal with what they need to deal with. Mm. If you know that you've got the safety and security to be able to go and do what you need to do, to do what mm -hmm. it takes to solve whatever it is that's going on mm -hmm. it releases some of those guilty feelings or those stressed feelings where we think this is just something else I've got to deal with mm. on top of everything else and maintain my relationship yeah and be home to cook dinner at five o'clock or you know whatever your kind of normal daily demands are mm. if you know that you've got the space and the time to be able to go away and do what you need to do I'll be here. Mm. You've got that safety and security blanket. Right. Now that feels nice and warm. Mm. So that's definitely calling on both sides mm. to really bring their A game. Yeah. And to remember that their partnership is something that requires just as much attention as the external stressors or the other things that are, you know, causing the conflict or causing the chaos. Yeah, I think it needs just as much attention, but I don't know that it's the same level of input. Mm. And that's where some of that safety balance comes in. Yeah. Knowing that you're safe enough to take your eye off the ball for a little bit ah. while you go and deal with what you need to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like warm, loving arms there for sure. Yeah. I feel like a big squishy cuddle. Yeah, I do feel like a spoon, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think a spooning uh, sleeping position is in order for this one. Yeah, yeah, where you see eye to eye. Yeah, where you see eye. It's funny, it's like, if you're going through crisis, you know, you're like, oh my God, I can't even imagine spooning. But hey, what would it be like to have a little spoon in the middle of crisis? Yeah, and that mm -hmm. might just be what you need. Yeah. And often we, we're not very good at asking for help and support. Mm. And that's when we, why we do shut off a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. you know a lot of it comes from the fact that we're quite independent as well but yeah when yeah. we're not good at asking for support we do just close the drawbridge and but how nice does it feel when you get a hug when things feel really terrible everywhere else oh yeah I love that mm. <laughs> that sounds really nice so a nice therapeutic hug in the middle of it all yeah that sounds nice mm. that's a big person to bring those big arms yeah in such a hard time mm. Mm -hmm. yeah Nice. So what do you think the key points are there then in terms of just key takeaways? I mean, to be honest, I'm feeling, you know, for the person who's holding support and holding space for the person mm. who is going through the crisis, presuming that it's one person does have more skin in the game. Yeah. I feel like the person who's the support actor has a big role and mm. it takes a lot of 
Strength, bravery, emotional openness, yeah. patience. Vulnerability. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, especially too, like you hold those arms out and the person going through crisis may kind of slap you away. Yeah. You might have to kind of come back and hold your ground and yeah. feel a bit of rejection mm. until your partner actually wakes up and, and accepts your uh, gestures of love. Yeah. What about you? What's the uh, takeaway here? There is thought on both sides about what is it that I'm trying to give and how mm. do I give that in the right way? Mm-hmm. What is it that I need to receive on the other side and how Mm. can I receive that in the right way? Mm. So I think there's something about trying to come together in a way that is mutually acceptable for both parties. Mm. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's quite important to understand your partner and how they receive things. And this is really difficult when you're in crisis because you're not thinking rationally. Oh, yeah. So your rational brain's just jumped off and gone (laughs) and taken a holiday. Yeah. While the rest of your brain is running around like a... Um, Literally a chicken woman. with its head cut yeah. off. <laughs> chicken yeah. with no head, yeah. yeah. exactly. So yeah. when you're in this place where you're all over the place, you're, you're not really thinking straight, you're not clear, it can be really difficult to think about how do I need to give mm. information, how do I need to give love, how do I need to receive mm-hmm. information and receive love. So it can be really, really challenging. Mm-hmm. But if we've got a deeper understanding of who our partner is, the patterns... Mm. what's happened before that hasn't worked and what do I need to remember to do differently how can I meet my partner where they're at and this Mm. is for both sides yeah I think that's quite important to try and get a a solution in place and to make things just feel more comfortable yeah that's Mm. profound stuff for sure no question the last thing that I would say is this is a tough situation so Mm. no matter what happens Mm -hmm. you know you've done your best you've tried your best if things haven't gone the way that you imagined them to that's okay too you know Mm -hmm. what can you learn from that the key thing is if you're there for each other that's the most important part yeah and actually I I think I need that is just to remind you know you're gonna mess up uh there's gonna be screaming matches when you're not bringing your best self either side there's gonna be times when you're like oh man I did not bring uh, my most compassionate self or my most level-headed self Um, that's where some choice I'm sorry is can come in and can really like break the ice. Mm. I'm sorry. I was just short with you and, you know, I know that you're really trying to support me, you know, and and that does a lot to, you know, really allow a space for vulnerability for the other Mm. person to keep trying. It's, it's a marathon to get through a crisis. It's not a sprint. Yeah. But it's also accepting those apologies when they come your way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And by accepting, it's like with grace and maturity. Yeah. 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 Well, if you're struggling with any crises right now, we know there's a lot of stuff going on around the globe. There's Um, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with it. Be kind to each other. Try and remember you are on the same side. Yeah. Mm. I don't think we would have done this in November. It was just too dark a time to bring this up. So I think as we're heading into the spring, I think we can finally start to talk about it. (laughs) Uh, It was just too soon a few months ago. Yeah. 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 Right. All right. Would you like a question? Yes, please. Yes, please. (laughs) This week's question is... I love my partner, but we don't share common activities. Does it mean we won't last? Ooh, yeah. Oh, this is a really, really ripe one, hey? So 
In a word, no, it doesn't mean he won't last. <laughs> Correct. Well, actually, that was a few words. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Next. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, the, the other flip side of this is sometimes we start off and we think we share everything in common. Most of the time, a new relationship is, oh my God, we like to do everything together. We will last. That's yeah. not actually a recipe for success either. Yeah. Yeah. So shared activities can be quite um, deceiving. Mm. It can lull you into a sense of security. And then sometimes the lack of shared or the perceived lack of shared activities can sometimes make us uh, look somebody over that we might have actually shared a lot much, uh, much more deeper things. Yeah. Yeah. So what's coming up for you? I think it's a massive misconception that we have to be able to do everything together we mm. have to share the same views mm. we have to say have the same opinions we have to like doing the same things we have to like go in the same places yeah. i think it's a big misconception that yeah. um that that needs to be present to have a successful relationship yeah often we meet people um and we're interested in them because they are different they're different mm. from us mm-hmm. and they can bring certain differences to our lives they can open up our minds to new ways of thinking new experiences yeah. new ways of doing things even, I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, even something as simple as food. Yeah. So if you have different things that you like um, food-wise, you can open up each other's experiences to taste something different. And that right. in itself can bring a whole world of fun and adventure and opportunity yeah. into your life and, and enrich your life and make it a much happier experience. Yes. So I think there's a lot to be said for having differences. and. Yeah. Also, when you don't share common activities, it allows you to go away and do things and <laughs> come back and talk about how it was and not yeah. spend 100% of your time with somebody. Not that I'm saying if that's your gig and it works for you, then absolutely do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then I guess equally on the flip side, if that's something that's super important to you, mm. then maybe a relationship won't last. If that's way up there as one of mm. your non-negotiables mm-hmm. and that's what you're kind of holding out there, as the criteria for success for your relationship Mm -hmm. then maybe it won't last I guess it depends on your views about common activities it's true but I think what I would do if faced with that with a client I would probe and say what is it behind your high priority on shared activities is it opportunity based because you feel like you show up better when you're sharing time with your partner or is it fear-based where you're worried that you and your partner are going to grow apart or they're going to cheat on you or they're going to find other things that are more interesting if you don't share everything together yeah I agree. So my questions would be around what does your relationship look like when you are sharing common activities? Mm, What does it look like if you're not sharing common activities and try and compare some of the stories that are that are playing out some of those future visions? What is it that you're telling yourself about this situation? And how true is that story? Right. Yep. Oh, that's Mm. a good. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) That gets into all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird because society has kind of set us up here because there's a saying that the couple that plays together stays together. Yes, there is. But that's unfortunate because I think that that sort of saying, I don't know where the hell it came from, first of all. Mm. And I think it's very sweet. I think it has some very good intentions, but it can actually trap people or make them feel like they're not normal or that they're not going to stay together. If they're not playing together, well, I guess we're not going to stay together. So how would you buck that sort of societal message? 
be stronger, have some courage of your own convictions, look yeah. at other things that are important to you in the relationship. Because we know that common activities aren't, you know, there might be something that that feature is a on your wish list of things, but mm-hmm. there will be other elements of the relationship that are either equally or more important um, mm. for you both as a couple. Mm-hmm. So what is it? What are some of the other things and where do you sit with those? Mm-hmm. How are you connected in those areas? How common are your views and thoughts around some of those other things? There's a whole load of big ticket items that mm-hmm. I would say can have a much bigger impact if you haven't got some commonality than mm-hmm. a common activity would. Yeah, I think that's getting to values. I always <laughs> like to turn around the corner and see values sitting right there. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, you yeah. values. It's a combination of values, but also yeah. around, um, there are some important kind of milestones in your life, aren't there? So mm. things like, um, do you want to have children? Do you want to get married? Where do you yeah. want to live? Where do you want to retire? Uh, when do you want to retire? Yeah. There's kind of a whole host of things like, oh, do you yeah. like travel? Do you not like travel? There's, there's a whole combination of other things, I think, outside of values yeah. that are big ticket things that we don't, we yeah. often don't discuss. And we get kind of five do- years down the line and realize actually there's some big differences here, mm-hmm. um, either in what we want or the time scales of when we want them. Oh, and yeah. that can come yeah. and bite you because you didn't yeah. even realize it was an issue. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So when you're thinking about like, oh, we like to go to restaurants together and we like to go on beach vacations, but we're, yeah. if we're not aligned on finances or on yeah. when we want to have kids and if we want to have kids, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. isn't that funny? That's a situation where sometimes shared activities can be clouding the bigger things like purpose and mission yeah. and, and yeah. yeah, life purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's important yeah. to zero in on. Mm. Yeah. So maybe you're with a real introvert and they don't like to do all the fun stuff, but they have this really deep understanding and shared system of, you know, that you guys are heading in the same direction together. Then I guess you're going to have to find other barmates or other people to, you know, that's why sometimes some people even travel separately because they are so aligned with their partner, but they, they don't like to travel together. They don't have the same travel um, style or the same interests when they're traveling. Yeah, that's true. And never be pressured because of other people's views or Mm, what they think is normal and acceptable. Yeah. Often with things like that, people go, well, that's really weird. Like, why would you go on holiday separately? (laughs) Yeah. Because we want to, we've chosen to. And as long as both parties are happy with it, then there isn't an issue. Yes. It's your life. It's the way you want to craft it. What makes your relationship successful will be very different to what makes somebody else's relationship successful. Yeah. And, you know, don't listen to other people's definition of normal. I mean, like other people's definition of normal will craft these reality TV shows, which are horrible. (laughs) You know, we never see meaningful, long lasting relationships happen out of celebrity and celebrity is kind of the melting pot of all of our society's expectations. Yeah. That ends up horribly. (laughs) Yeah. The other expectations in things like this come from parents Oh my God, yes. Oh man, yes. So parents, you know, you can imagine this person, the mum's just whispered in the ear going, well, it'll never last because you don't have any common activities. Yes, yes. <laughs> I wish you could see Sarah's expression because it's, yeah, like nose up. No, it'll never last. Yeah, very twisty, uh, oh, just yeah. sucked a lemon face. <laughs> oh, sucked a lemon face. Yeah, 
But you get these judgments that are passed down through generations and generations shift. Things change over time. We change our views. We change how we do things. The way we do things are completely different to the way that our parents or grandparents did things. But that doesn't mean to say they're not right. And it doesn't mean to say they're not right for us. Um, So, yeah, I can imagine this person kind of there's a lot of outside influences coming in to try and kind of cloud some of this. And in a coaching engagement, this is some of the earlier work to start to separate out the noise from the signal. And depends. Some people have had an upbringing where they're really enmeshed with their family. There might have been some codependent, really unhealthy stuff there. Um, Perhaps you were really, you know, really living to fulfill your parents' expectations. So in this sort of environment, this is the first time that you might have even considered like, oh, you know what? I don't think that is my mission in life. I don't even think that is a value of mine. But, yeah. and there's something that draws you to this person, right? Even if you don't have what you think are shared activities, what is it that's drawing you? What is it that's calling you to notice? Yeah. And what is yeah. this relationship bringing out in you? Yeah. And similarly, if you have a whole bunch of shared activities, but something doesn't sit right, tune into your gut, tune into your intuition and say, well, hey gut, what are you trying to tell mm-hmm. me here? It looks on paper that everything should be great. We've got so many shared, people always comment, wow, you guys are perfect. You're made for each other but I feel like vomiting. (laughs) So where's that (laughs) nausea coming from? Yeah, that's never a good sign in a relationship. (laughs) Yeah. I was just recently working with a client who her signal about her gut instinct is her nausea factor. And when she feels sick to her stomach, it's her gut telling her something. (laughs) Yeah, I think that would give it away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the body's very good at spotting when there's something wrong. Yeah. Oh, it knows. I'm sure you'll confirm that was the doctor in the house. Oh, we can bullshit so our way through things just by our silly old frontal lobe and all our thoughts, right? But when our body Mm. is trying to tell us something that it it knows a lot more than our frontal lobe. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one last point on this that's coming up is around, has something happened in the past where you've been in a relationship where you haven't had common activities and it hasn't worked? And are you using that as a barometer Mm. for success Mm. in the future? Mm. So that's the final thing for me that comes up is just because something's happened in the past doesn't mean to say that it's going to repeat itself in the future. Oh, gosh. And in that, I mean, honestly, I hear cheating. I hear a a past where somebody, uh, there was infidelity and... Oh, she went straight there, didn't she? I went to infidelity. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe somebody's interpretation was, well, if only we did more stuff together and I had more of an eye on that person, they wouldn't have strayed. Mm -hmm. I know, it's weird, our interpretations, hey? Yeah. Okay, well, that's my interpretation. That's one interpretation. (laughs) Don't know where that comes from. That's one thought. That's one. Oh, gosh. I think I need to lean into my coaching a bit more. (laughs) I feel like we need to open up a session. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) What's coming up for you, Anna? (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, as somebody who I do tend to sort of hold on to things tightly and I want to, you know, Mm. I'm scared of loss. I'm scared of rejection. And so the, the closer that I hold on to something, despite how independent I am, which is super weird. But so I know what it's like to try to hold on to something. Yeah. And to think it's abnormal if we're not in each other's faces like all the time. So by letting out the control and by overcoming those past messages, it's been a ticket to freedom. Mm. 
It's funny how you relax when you just think about letting control go. <gasps> yeah, right? Oh, yeah, I can breathe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like the face-to-face, uh, those cuddling styles. It's coming back to me. Spoken <laughs> as a true control freak, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not you, Sarah. Can't no, imagine it. I'm, I'm slowly moving away from that era. <laughs> totally, totally. But it was an era. <laughs> it was. It was a minute. <laughs> it was a minute. <laughs> Oh man, oh. says the, the 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 reformed controllers. But yeah, there is like <laughs> peace and lots of breathing space when you mm. uh, give up control. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish the listener luck. I don't think we've got anything to worry about. No. But it's just digging a little bit deeper behind yeah. the question around what it means to you, where it's coming from. Is there any fear there? Yeah. What would it look like in both scenarios? And and mm-hmm. yeah, see how things go. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And don't oh. listen to the naysayers. Oh, my gosh. Do not. Li- and yeah. And even advice columns. Like, yeah. mm, don't listen to advice. Mm. Yeah. Just <laughs> listen to your gut. But if you have troubles listening to your gut, which often we don't because we can't sift through what's our gut and what are our, mm. you know, old messages and what's our what's, you know, the thoughts that are taking up way too much airtime. That's where coaching can help. Yeah. yeah. We're not supposed to give you advice. Sometimes we do, though. Sometimes we do, but not very often. We'll make some observations. Yeah, observations with permission. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, all right. Oh, well. So what's one sleeping style? What's one cuddle style that you're thinking of trying out, if any? (laughs) Have you been at all inspired? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure about it, I've got to admit. Yeah. Yeah. I like a bit of close comfort when I'm sleeping, but I'm not sure I buy kind of into the meanings of it all. Mm-hmm. I think there are days where you want to sleep on your own and you just need a bit of space. There are days when you want to come together and feel super yeah. close. There are days when just a fingertip will do. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm not sure about it, but it was fun reading it and sharing Oh it. yeah, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. And you know, soon enough, it's going to be like boiling degrees in New York City and the yeah. heat coming off the cement and, and there'll be no physical contact whatsoever for the entire <laughs> summer because yeah, sweat. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. <laughs> but I am kind of like, I really like this whole like sleeping halfway down the bed. <laughs> That's <laughs> that actually sounds intriguing. Well, I think you should try it out and then report back next week. Yeah, exactly. As to how it felt, okay? Yeah. We actually right. have done sort of like, you know, if one person is like, you know what, I really want to just sort of sleep in a different orientation to the earth. And so sometimes it's like, well, do you want to like cuddle with my toes? Okay, sure. <laughs> you know, so there's, yeah. I'll report back to you if there's any new changes. Yeah, you can fill us in next week. <laughs> I will. <laughs> ah, all right. All right. Well, that was a well nice um, week. good luck with the taxes. Don't stress. Oh. It's only money. Um, you know what? It's only money. It's only money. Yes. yes. The government might own my money, but it does not own my soul, people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They can't take that away from you. Cannot take my soul. Mm-mm. Can't take my individuality. <laughs> no. <laughs> we can always make more money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, doesn't make you happy always. True. But sometimes. But I did just read a book does. about a couple that won 18 million on the lottery. <gasps> this was a fiction book, but I know that this happens in real life. Oh. And um, they were obviously ecstatic and yeah. thought that it was the answer to all their prayers. Mm. It did not end well in the book. <laughs> 
<laughs> did not end well. Did not end well. Interesting. I think a lot of us were like, would be like, nah, let me just try it out. Let me give me the opportunity to just ruin my life. Give me some, give me $18 million. Let me ruin my life. I'd be happy to. Yeah. But yeah. I, I hear that for sure. I know for mm. sure that I would, the government would take most of it. Uh, you'd have random family members just finding you and uh, yeah. you'd blow through it. And then you'd end up broke like mere months later. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people that happens to. They literally kind of, within two or three years, they yeah, have... Yeah, blow um, through it. Yeah, because they don't know how to have money. They're not used yeah. to Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'd be one it. of those. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'd, I'd be making silly, silly decisions, <laughs> left, right, and center. <laughs> so yeah, maybe not... Because uh, actually one of the, you know, filing U.S. taxes, right? And one of the questions is like, you know, do you have any like gambling earnings? And I'm like, oh God, please, no. <laughs> Keep me away from anything related to luck because I will lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gambling earnings. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Not going to happen. Not going to (laughs) happen. Nice to dream, though. (laughs) Yes, it is. I do like to play that game. What would you do if you won (gasps) five million? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Blink and it'll be gone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's always a lot of um, travel and paying off mortgages comes into the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, like a build a champagne fountain or something like that. Like just do something ludicrous. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm there. Yeah. You can win five million. I'm right by your side. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. There you go. That's what Sarah and I will do with the uh, winnings, a champagne fountain. (laughs) Yeah. And then we'll record a podcast. (laughs) Oh, 100%. (laughs) Having imbibed in the champagne, having drinking and swimming in the champagne fountain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'd be super funny. (laughs) Oh my God. We'd be so funny. Like you guys think we're funny now? <laughs> Wait for the champagne fountain, guys. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Anna's off to buy a lottery ticket and then get some sleep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, good yeah. times. All right. Oh, That's a good right. note to leave on. Well, now we've indulged in a bit yeah. of fantasy world. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And, like uh, it. Yeah. Anna's going to go and uh, do our sleep experiments. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll report back. Great. All right. Well, till next time, lovely. Till next time. Have a good week. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.